1100 KFNX. Since 1980, Information Methods Incorporated has been a leader in technology consulting. The management experience of IMI's prime consultants and associates includes years of expertise in both public and private sectors. From assigning a project management officer to a complete end-of-project postmortem, IMI applies industry standards and our own custom methodologies to ensure your next technology project is a success. For details and example solutions, visit www.imi-us.com. We measure our success by your success. Your partner. IMI. This is Tech Talk with your host, Tom DiOria. Tom will spend the next hour making your life with technology a little easier with explanations of the different aspects of today's technology and how it can benefit your home, small office, or enterprise. Now here's your host, Tom DiOria. Welcome to IMI's Tech Talk. It's the first Sunday of December. It's December 6, 2015. We're on at 5 p.m. in the New York listening area and 3 p.m. in Arizona, and we're live from our New York offices. And this is going to be a really interesting show, so get your pens and paper out there ready to go. We're going to be talking to you about tech gadgets for the holidays 2015 with our guest, Scott Amix. I'm Tom DiOria. I'm the CEO of Information Methods Incorporated. And together with our weekly guests, our show will help our listeners, whether a business or home technology user, make better use of all aspects of technology. Just in case you're a first-time listener, in our first segment, Tech Talk provides you the review of last week's most significant events in technology. We start with our increased coverage of New York's technology scene, and we follow this with an industry-wide report, which could contain information on conferences, announcements by vendors, new releases of software or equipment, or new contract opportunities. One of our guests followed us from many aspects of business and industry, and if you wish us to consider a topic for a future show, you can email your suggestions to Tech Talk, that's T-E-C-H, T-A-L-K, at imi-us.com, and we'll get back to you pretty quickly. Anytime after our show introduction, please give us a call or send an email message with questions on today's topic or anything else we might be able to help you with. You can call 277-KFNX, that's 277-5369. And if you're outside the 602 listening area, call us toll-free at 1-866-536-1100. You can send us email questions throughout the show at that email address I just gave you, techtalk at imi-us.com. We monitor that throughout the show, and if we don't get your question on, on today's show, we'll definitely send you a response and try and get it on next week. We're also being simulcast on the web, so if you want to listen to us live but can't get to your radio, you can t- tune in to KFNX's website, which is 1100kfnx.com. And if you want to listen to this show again or any of our previous shows, you can go to our website, which is imi-us.com. In the upper right-hand corner is the Tech Talk button. Click on that. Uh, you can download all of the shows, uh, send them to your friends, listen to them as many times as you want. It's free, so t- please take advantage of that. And please call in any time during the show, and we'll try and get you on as quickly as possible. First segment is our Week in Review. It's our increased coverage of technology events in New York City and around the world. It's compiled by Dave Brandon, Dan DiOria, and Jose Batista. AlleyWatch tells us that sometimes, as individuals, we do not think about a company being made up of individuals who care about their customers. But caring about customers isn't always about providing a technical service. Sometimes it's about simply engaging with their fans. The emerging company Mosh, that's M-O-S-H, is making this easier than ever. Mosh makes your social media aspirations more successful, whether you are a celebrity, company, or even a cause. Mosh, that is 
an innovative social platform where brands, artists, and causes can engage directly with their customers, fans, and members using words, pictures, and video. Addressing the shortfalls of existing social media platforms and traditional websites, MoshDot allows brands to have one-to-one engagement with their customers, allows access granular customer data, and creates a big data play across multiple brands. Existing social media platforms can be very ineffective for reach, visibility, and engagement. On MoshDot, brands know their messages will reach all of their customers. They can spot they can post long-form videos, have a social interaction, and conduct e-commerce on one platform. And they can collect data on all of these activities, which is not only convenient, but also uh, potentially game-changing for the brand-customer relationship. MoshDot is free for the consumer, and unlike other social platforms, that are advertising-based, their model integrates a monthly subscription for brands to use MoshDot. The Post tells us that if you need extra L's for the holiday season, three business-savvy women know it and are targeting busy New Yorkers with quad jobs. The website connects local employers with college and grad students who need extra work and can be hired to wrap presents, pick up toys from stores, prepare for parties, and babysit. Users now book through the website, and next month they will be able to do it through an app. The Greenwich, uh, Connecticut-based uh, company's pool of workers includes students from Columbia, Barnard, NYU, and FIT. Right now they have 4,500 job postings and say they are on track to create 10,000 job postings for students by the year's end. They recently made it free to post them. Employers previously it was eight dollars and ninety-five cents a month to subscribe and post unlimited jobs, and say this has led to a spike in job postings. New York, a metropolitan area, is their number one market, but they expanded to Columbus, Ohio, and Chicago, and are targeting Philadelphia, Boston, Minneapolis, and Atlanta in the next year. It's pretty interesting. So quad jobs, one word. AM New York tells us that Long Island companies that employ millennials in hot fields such as Internet design, software, and digital marketing are showering employees with Google-style perks. You can always use a Google-style perk. From manicure stations to Nerf gun shootouts to all-expenses-pays vacation, these companies are lavishing workers with fringe benefits far beyond two weeks' vacation and a snack machine. ArcNet Media a Garden City company that runs a stable of websites selling periodicals, contact lenses, and event planning services, seeks to lighten the work grind with miniature golf and video games, uh, short hours on summer Fridays, and employ guitar jams. As part of the orientation, new hires are issued a Nerf gun. Non-traditional perks have established a beachhead in the workplace, according to a survey of about 300 New York small business owners. The survey found that 17% of the businesses had places to unwind, such as nap pods or game rooms. 17% had office happy hours, and 13% allowed workers to bring pets. When companies do offer expanded perks, their motives uh, may not be entirely altruistic. Long Island hovers near full employment and the theoretical point at which the economy is operating most efficiently and at which competition for skilled workers becomes intense. Besides competing with each other for job candidates with coveted skills, local companies also contend with millennials attracted to nearby New York.
NBC tells us that if reports of a rash of self-balancing scooters or hoverboards bursting into flames, UK officials announced that more than 15,000 of the gadgets have been detained at the border. London, are they trying to fly in by themselves? Hmm. London fire officials had already warned people during the Back to the Future Day to keep an eye on their hoverboards as two-wheeled motorized boards charged. There have been reports across the U.K. and the U.S. of devices catching fire. Part of the problem is the number of cheap knockoffs being sold alongside the more mainstream brands. The hoverboards, which uh, balance similar to a Segway, don't have the handlebars ranging cost from 300 to $1,500. Overall, the agency has examined more than 17,000 hoverboards coming into the country, 88% of which they deemed unsafe. That's scary. So keep an eye on that. And Mashable tells us that hate when you and all your friends can't figure out whose Uber is whose. The company is listening to your prayers. Uber announced that it's testing a new feature called Uber Spot that uses color coding to match riders with the correct driver. Riders select the color of their choice in the Uber app, and a bar of the same color lights up on the driver's windscreen. Currently, the feature is testing in Seattle, where Uber has provided a handful of drivers with spot hardware. While waiting for their ride, Uber will prompt passengers to select from one of six colors to help them identify their drivers. Holding down on the color will light up the user's phone screen, theoretically making it easier for drivers to find their passengers. The spot will light up when the driver reaches the passenger. Uh, of course, if two people like red, you have a little problem there. Uber says this is part of a larger effort to make its service more seamless. The effortlessness of its service has always been what Uber apart from its uh, sets Uber apart from more old school rivals. That being said, Uber Spot seems to solve a very specific problem. Many Uber drivers are picking up passengers in a single area for six friends leaving in separate Ubers from a party in hip part of town. It's easy to see how Spot could help. But it's less congested areas, it doesn't seem like it would make a much of a difference. That's true, but again, what about if everybody picks the same color? That's not going to help. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to get to our guest. We're going to talk to you about tech gadgets for the holidays with our guest, Scott Amix. Uh, I'm Tom Dioria. This is IMI's Tech Talk. We're on KFNX AM 1100. So please stay tuned, and uh, we'll be right back after these messages. I'm Ice Tech Talk on December 6, 2015. I'm Tom Dioria, and as I mentioned before the break, we're going to be talking to you today about tech gadgets for the holidays. It's our 2015 holiday tech gifts, and our guest is Scott Addix. And uh, Scott, we appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Maybe you can give our listeners a little bit about your background, and then we'll get into some questions about what's going on with wearables. Thank you, Tom, for inviting me to this radio show. Appreciate it very much. Just as an introduction, I'm a uh, thought leader and speaker and author on wearables and the Internet of Things. And I'm the founder and CEO of MX McKinsey, as well as a managing partner of Venture First. And uh, some of the work that we do has garnered global visibility. So I've been nominated by the Republic of Korea to represent our research and case studies at uh, ITU Telecom World in Budapest. 
And I will also be debuting the concept of digital currency of happiness at TEDx in March timeframe. And uh, there's a show that's coming up uh, called America's Greatest Makers, which is sponsored by Intel and TBS. And they look to us to recommend the most promising startups. So that's a little bit about me. That's fantastic. So wearables are a big thing this year. And we just did a review of a wrist boom item. But one of the big things that you see, uh, watches are obviously big out there ever since the iWatch. Tell us what the options are and what you found in your research. Absolutely. Thanks for that, Tom. But certainly wearables is a very broad category that gets into uh, the wristwatch area to uh, smart clothing and textiles to jewelry form and even uh, connected shoes and headsets and even ingestibles and neurables. And of course, uh, as you go outside of our bodies, uh, that starts to get into what we call the Internet of Things uh, that has a human-to-computer, machine-to-machine interface. Specific to the question of uh, smartwatch category, certainly Apple Watch has garnered a significant proportion of the attention of the media and the consumer market. Uh, and so let me just uh, highlight a couple, just a little bit in depth, and then you let me know how you like to navigate further from that. On the Apple Watch, what's very exciting is uh, recently they've updated their watch OS so that uh, developers can actually access more of the native capabilities. And what that means for end consumers is that now it's going to be much more useful. And uh, certainly most consumers may be somewhat familiar with some of the navigation, such as using the digital crown, uh, the capacitative touch, the force touch, and the buttons. Uh, In terms of sensor capabilities, it has an ambient light accelerometer gyroscope and heart rate, and they are planning to add additional sensor capabilities into the band itself, and that's going to be very interesting as it feeds into what's called uh, the research kit as well as the health kit for collecting biometric and physiological information. Uh, In terms of connectivity, it uses uh, BLE or Bluetooth 4.0 low energy and uses a Wi-Fi to connect and pair with essentially the iPhone in this case. Now, one of the things that's a bit of a uh, a drag is uh, if you talk to people that use the Apple Watch, is really the battery life. So they do indicate 18 hours or three hours of talk time or 6.5 hours of audio playback and workout use. But in fact, practically speaking, you have to charge it on a daily basis. And that gets to be somewhat cumbersome, and I think that's one of the hurdles that we'll start to see. Um, In terms of... um, the price range, it's fairly broad. Uh, generally, we're starting at $549 up to about $1,099. For the 42-millimeter 18-carat yellow gold, uh, you're looking at about 13200 So fairly steep, and again, it's a very different segment, and they're trying to create a niche uh, luxury smart phone, uh, smart watch category for themselves. So for those that are saying, well, I'm not sure if Apple Watch is the right smartwatch for me, there, is a, there are many alternatives, but the one I think is a pretty reasonable uh, contender is the Samsung Gear S2. Um, they've been pretty bullish in their gear portfolio, and the S2, in particular S2 3G, allows for you to connect into the gateway or the Internet directly without having to pair it to your phone. And that's very exciting. Now, one of the things that's very interesting about this uh, S Gear, uh, Gear S2 is that it's gone from a rectangular square shape to a round face. 
And it uses a bezel navigation. So essentially, you turn the bezel, and that allows for you to easily select and scroll through the on-screen menus. And it also has a very nice, pleasant sound and a light tactile feedback, which is very useful. Uh, the other thing that's interesting is uh, they've actually started to move away from the Android OS and start to use their uh, Tizen proprietary system uh, that is uh, somewhat proprietary, somewhat open source in, in conjunction with Intel and others that uses the typical HTML5 so that basically all their different profiles or devices that they manufacture are compliant and interoperable. The display uses a 1.2-inch uh, circular uh, AMOLED, uh, 360 by 360. It has a dual-core 1 gigahertz Pego W. And memory is about 512 megabytes. Storage is about 4 gigabytes. So all in all, it's, it's fairly robust in terms of sensor capability. It's similar to the Apple Watch. Um, it has pretty much all the others, uh, but one is the barometer, which allows for the atmospheric pressure for weather and altitude. Now, one of the things that, that is very interesting and, and great is that the battery supports wireless charging and it supposedly uh, supports up to two to three day usage. So that's, that's pretty interesting. I myself have a outdated um, gear uh, that has to be paired with a, with a smartphone. So it's nice to see that they've gone much more independent and have started to address some of the, the battery issues. The other notable is the fact that it's uh, dust uh, resistant. It's IP68 certified dust and water resistant. And uh, price from a price range, they're actually trying to not compete head-on with the Apple Watch. They priced it at 299 to 349 So fairly affordable, uh, more for mainstream, really. And uh, one of the, the core with is the Tizen app store is not as big as the, the iTunes. And certainly when it comes to just smartwatch app category, it's just a growing area. So we're starting to see more of the migration to that. The Tizen is certainly uh, going to be much less from uh, app availability than, let's say, the iTunes uh, Apple Watch. Uh, just a real quick rundown uh, on other watches for people to consider. There's the Fossil Q for about 175 to 275, Pebble Time Round for 249, uh, Mundane Havadika Number One Smart for 850 or so, Moto 362 for 299. Huawei Watch for 349 can go up to about 799 for a rose gold-plated version, and the Nevo Watch and the Oleo model for 95. So back to you, Tom. And I was just wondering, on the last few that you mentioned, is there a market for those, or are the people going basically for the first two that you mentioned? There are markets for those, and when it comes to the watch category, uh, one of the things that's important to note is it's a very sensitive area, and it's first and foremost about fashion. So many of the, the ones that I mentioned, like the Fosco and the Modane and others, uh, they're choosing to take more of a fashion approach and less on the, on the function. So essentially the way we want to think about it is there's going to be different segments for different products, but certainly not every one of those are going to be the right fit for them. Got you. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're talking to Scott Amex about holiday tech gadgets, and hopefully you'll get some good ideas here. And uh, later in the show, we'll get Scott to tell you how to uh, reach out to him in case you want to follow up and possibly get some of these as a holiday gift. I'm Tom DiUria. This is IMI's Tech Talk. We're on KFNX AM 1100. It's the 6th of December, 2015. Please stay tuned. We're going to be right back after these messages. Thank you. 
Welcome back to IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. It's the 6th of December, 2015. I'm Tom Dioria. Today's show is Tech Gadgets for the Holidays. And our guest, Scott Amex, was just telling us uh, about watches. And um, there are other wearables, the Fitbits uh, and things like that. Can you go into some of those? Uh, I had mentioned uh, when we were introducing you that we had uh, taken a look at... Uh, a wearable wireless speaker uh, called the Wrist Boom. So I don't know if you had a chance to to see that, but it uh, is bigger than a watch. But uh, supposedly um, there is a market for those as well. But I'd like to hear what uh, some of the other wearables are that you've come in contact with. Right. So um, I, you know, part of the break, I, I talked about the um, smartwatch category, but I think the probably another category that's really right after that is going to be really the fashion wearables. Um, and of course, I'm not going to get a chance to go into too much of the smart garments and e-textiles, but that's going to be another massive industry and sector as well. Specific to fashion, you have a number of bracelets, bangles, uh, rings, uh, and clip-on types of things, uh, including like a misfit, for instance, which I'll go into in just a second. And this is really geared towards, of course, mostly for women. And when it comes to smart wearable fashion, it's really about um, one of those things where the challenge both for the consumer as well as the product manufacturer, the startups, is that rarely do people wear the same fashion jewelry every day. Unless it's a uh, wedding band or, or a special um, necklace that has a certain meaning, people are going to swap things out. Uh, so that also means that the value of the continuous constant data that can be provided through wearables becomes a little bit limited. So one of the things that we're working on with some of the major designers and um, jewelry and luxury manufacturers is how do we start to infuse these capabilities into a, a brighter ring or an earring or something that people wear more often? In terms of just more on the fashion side, uh, you have things that are fairly affordable to things that are very expensive, actually. So you have a, a startup for um, uh, teen girls that's actually marketing a friendship bracelet or social wearables called Jimio, uh, and it's retailed $69 to $99, so fairly affordable. And what these are essentially are Bluetooth bangles that let teens uh, know if their friends are nearby once it's paired through the Bluetooth and also sends light pattern messages from device to device. It's a, it's a social spin on things. Um, I'll highlight a few others. The next one that's relatively affordable is, is something called Cuff. And it's a device that clicks into uh, bracelets or necklaces and has things like phone notification, pedometer, and has uh, the companion iOS and Android app. And for women that are concerned about personal security, uh, they can just simply press down hard on the device in the event of an issue, and that alert then sends uh, a message to their contacts that they need help and provides a location and also captures a real-time audio. A little bit on the uh, the higher end, you have things like Ica, which is a luxury bracelet, and it is 3G connected, which is actually one of the unusual ones, because for the most part, these tend to be connected to the phone through the Bluetooth. But uh, 3G allows for you to essentially go directly to to uh, to the gateway and have independence without having the phone all the time. But it's 18 gold uh, carrots, and it uses a real snakeskin pearls and has semi-precious stones. 
has about 48 hours of battery life. Uh, it retails at 4.95. Another one is Tory Birch um, that has collaborated with Fitbit to create a uh, gold-plated bracelet and a necklace, and that retails at about 2.61. Um, the other one I think that's notable to call out you know, more on the ring side is something called Ringly. It's essentially a wearable ring, and you can basically select the, the color and the styles that matches your outfit. It does have some semi-precious stones like emerald and sapphire, things with your iOS or Android device, and basically alerts you if you receive a call or a message or an email. So it's essentially a notification device, and that retails at 145 to 180 or so. Now, let's, uh, since you mentioned Misfit, let's talk a little bit about that. They recently got acquired by Fossil for about $260 million uh, in November time plan. And within their product portfolio, they have a number of different uh, interesting products across, uh, across wearables as well as even connected home. The Shine 2, which is their latest fitness and sleep monitor, retails at $99, whereas the Sparky set retails at $169. Their link, which is kind of a very affordable activity monitor, smart button, is only $16.99, whereas for Bolt for the home, which is a smart connected light bulb, is $29.99. Uh, Bedit is a smart monitor with, uh, with alarm placed below your mattress that basically detects your sleeping patterns, and that retails at $99.99. Okay. Do you have any more wearables you'd like to tell us about, or can we get into toys? I think this is a nice transition to talk about toys or what, we, what I would say entertainment. And um, one of the areas that's going to be very big and it's, it's certainly available now is going to be the AR and VR headsets. Now, for the audience, there is a distinction between AR and VR. AR are things that has a augmented uh, or virtual co- component to layering into reality. So meaning I can see what's in front of me but there are digital components that's floating, essentially. Whereas VR is an immersive experience where you're completely uh, into a, a virtual reality with a potentially 180-degree field of view, uh, and you even have to put on a, a headset and an ear, earphone um, to be able to completely get into that environment. So within the VR category, there's uh, the one that's available for purchase this holiday is going to be the Samsung Gear VR and uh, it works with the Samsung Galaxy smartphone, uh, and basically you, you clap, you snap your smartphone into the VR headset, and it's a collaboration with uh, Oculus. And the, the, the Gear VR itself is $99, and once you have the Smart Galaxy phone, now you can actually download uh, the Gear, uh, Gear VR uh, virtual reality apps that you can actually start to use and consume c- content. So that's a very affordable option, assuming that you have a smart Galaxy phone. The one that uh, people are very excited about is the Oculus Rift itself. Uh, it is available for purchase, and that it will be uh, released, meaning deliver in Q1 of 2016, but you can place the orders now at $350. And that's as it, as it goes for uh, any type of gaming and immersive entertainment, Oculus Rift is probably one of the best. Uh, and, and certainly uh, with the, with the financial back, backing, it's pretty significant. We have games like uh, Eve, um, Lucky's Tale, Chronos VR Sports, Edge of Nowhere, Herobound, uh, Air Mac VR. So there's a lot of content that's being developed, and we're going to start to see a lot more. And frankly, it's going to become a very big following. 
Now, other notables within the VR headset is the HTC Vive. Uh, that retails at about uh, 200 to 400 British pounds. Uh, Sony Morpheus um, and OSR VR. Uh, that retails about 199.99. Uh, Google Cardboard, which is essentially a truly uh, paper cardboard headset, uh, and it, it works with any iOS or Android phone. You just simply insert the phone and, and download their apps, and you can start playing. And the cardboard itself is only $10 to $25, depending on where you purchase it. So, switching over to the AR side, augmented reality side, probably the one that's most relevant is uh, Microsoft HoloLens. So if you've seen any of the videos, you know that they're starting to really I pushed the boundary, and we're very excited about that, and I've written quite a bit on this topic about really uh, something like this revolutionizing not just manufacturing and within the factory and warehousing, but the white-collar workforce as well. So all the things that you do from a computing, you can do it virtually in the thin air. You could pull up just about anything, uh, or you could overlay it, and you could start to really see how this could work in a real environment and bring in 3D vector types of graphics uh, into into the physical world. Uh, so very exciting. Um, the games that they do have on uh, Microsoft HoloLens is my, my, Minecraft, which should be very popular. Okay, I'm going to cut you off there. We have to take a break. This is Tom Diorio You're on IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 11. Hunter, we're talking to Scott Amex about uh, holiday tech gadgets. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. Welcome back to IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. I'm Tom Dioria. We're talking to Scott Amex about tech gadgets for the holidays. Before the break, uh, Scott was telling us about uh, some AR devices that you might want to get. But before we get back into that and maybe talk a little bit about drones, Scott, if our listeners want to follow up with you or get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? It's quite easy. All they have to do is Google my name, Scott Amex, A-M-Y-X, and that should bring up uh, everything from our agency website, Amy McKenzie, to uh, my other affiliation ventures. And all the those same features that I've over the years. Okay, great. Is there anything more about AR you'd like to tell our listeners about, or can uh, we talk a little bit about drones? Yeah, I think uh, let's, let's move on to drones. It's a very exciting field. And one of the things that I, I mentioned in uh, conferences is that um, the evolution of selfies, where uh, even before the smartphones, uh, people have always had a human humanistic need to be the center of it all. So before smartphones, we would have to have strangers or families and friends take pictures of us. And certainly with the dual-facing cameras um, on the phones, that just simply made that easier. Matter of fact, there's even been some research done on selfies and what it does from an ego, self-construct, and social connection and so forth. Well, drones represent kind of the next evolution of selfie, where you're going to have capabilities for these things to always follow you, where you're truly at the center of it all. And, and, and of course, when we talk about drones, you also have to kind of talk about GoPro as well. So for those that are interested in drones and just want to get their feet wet, uh, some of the more affordable options I'm going to mention are UDI uh, U818A, which retails for about $54.99. And it's really ideal for beginners. It has a four-loop style frame that protects the large rotors. 
in case, uh, you know, it's being operated by kids. Uh, and, of course, you're going to crash it at times. And the rotors are relatively inexpensive to replace as well. Uh, there is a 640 by 480 pixel video camera that is attached. So for that price, you get quite a bit. The next level up is the Blade Nano 2X RTF, which retails at $89.99. And this provides a first-person view headset uh, that actually shows you what, it, what the drone is seeing from its perspective. And again, it's fairly affordable. Uh, it gives you a little bit more capability than the one before. Uh, if you're very serious, then you can actually start to look at some some of the some of the major ones like the Parrot Bebop for four ninety nine. Great uh, quality in terms of flight video uh, with the phone and tablet control. It doesn't have uh, a separate controller, so that's one of the downsides. And certainly the parts are not cheap, but for four ninety nine, you get a pretty amazing uh, drone. If you're very very serious, the ones that um, uh, real professionals look to for video capture are going to be the DJI Phantom 3 standard or the professional version. Uh, so it can retail at $675.99 or $1,888 for the professional version. So that has uh, ability to shoot about 100, uh, 1080 uh, pixel video at 30 frames per second. Probably one of the best out in the marketplace is the 3D, 3D Robotics Solo that retails at $999.95 without a gimbal or $1,399.95 with a 3X access gimbal for GoPro cameras. This is an amazing piece of tech, uh, very nimble, uh, handles wind very well, very responsive. So uh, we're starting to see a lot of these drones being used in actual video and, and film productions as well. And it certainly significantly reduced the setup time as well as the cost of just uh, you know capturing some of these amazing aerial views. So very exciting. Uh, and then of course that transitions into GoPro and others are getting into that space as well. So for Hero 4, that ranges between $299.99 to $399.99. And there's uh, a range in terms of uh, pixel as well as uh, um, the kind of frames per second burst. You can take a look at the spec online. Um, Some of them are Bluetooth and Wi-Fi controlled and ability to share and view. And some of them also provides a waterproof uh, between 10 to 40 meters. So GoPro has certainly become kind of the gold standard when it comes to some of these adventures, and they pretty much go hand-in-hand with drones. That's a really good summary for our listeners out there that might be considering getting into that. Uh, We also know that our listeners uh, like uh, technology for cars. Do you have anything uh, that you've seen that they might be interested in getting? The car is one of those areas that's going to be truly disrupted in the next, uh, next several years to a decade. Uh, just to give you uh, a kind of a glimpse of the transition is uh, we're starting to see many of the manufacturers making some heavy investments into driverless uh, car capabilities and eventually fully driverless uh, with the option of uh, switching off and driving manually. So you have Mercedes, BMW, Tesla, and Google working on these self-driving capabilities. Google, for instance, have been working with a number of states within the U.S. Uh, and are uh, testing, and the results are incredible. And then Toyota, for instance, uh, they've even launched an uh, entity called the Toyota Research Institute, TRI, to actually focus on autonomous cars and robots. So according to one of the, the, the research agencies, uh, they anticipate some 10 million driverless cars on the road by 2020. So this is something that's um, very much becoming a reality, and it's not something of sci-fi. Uh, and what it does is um, it really gets interesting because... Mm-hmm. 
the the way we you know design interior of a car is going to fundamentally change. Where eventually, it's going to feel more like a a luxury um, luxury luxury train or a luxury air uh, airline type of an experience where you could swivel your chairs and even the windows become somewhat of a, a heads-up display for content, productivity, and so forth. And in terms of things that people can buy right now are some things on the, within the category heads-up display. So these are things that you can mount uh, near your dashboard and it gives you a way for you to see critical information without having to look at your phone or uh, a display that's maybe a little bit further down below your view. The Garmin um, uh, has a number of products. Uh, one of them is uh, it is a product that retails at 89.4. It provides uh, navigation information from your phone and projects it into this transparent uh, film um, or fill that, 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 that goes on your windshield or attached to a reflector lens. Uh, moreover, it also adjusts for the brightness uh, based on the outside lighting, uh, direct sunlight, as well as, as well as nighttime. Another one is the Holoshift windshield that retails at $249.99, and this is made by Lightspeed Automotive Technologies, and it basically provides certain key uh, metrics of the car, such as the rev lights, the shift lights, launch control, engine warnings, and so forth. So, again, it's another way for you to be able to see this uh, driver performance types of data, data metrics without having to divert your eyes away from the road. That's a pretty good uh, selection. I'm sure there are a lot more things you could tell our listeners, so I uh, suggest that they uh, do Google you and uh, follow up with you. Unfortunately, we've run out of time today, uh, but thank you for taking the time to be with us. It's a very informative show. Thank you, Tom. It's my pleasure. Appreciate it. Next week, we're going to be, uh, again, live from our New York offices with our Week in Review, and we're going to have... Adam Firestone telling us about the cyber war on terror. Obviously a, a very timely topic. I want to thank Terry Giro, I am Vice President, Dave Brandon, Dan Diori, and Jose Batista for our Week in Review. Terry Redden is our producer, Tess Henshaw is our associate producer, and Matt Kimpagny is our executive producer. And without Robert Bomback and the KFNX AM1100 production department, you wouldn't have heard a word we said. Thanks again for listening, and please don't forget to tune into Tech Talk next week at 5 p.m. New York on KFNX AM1100. Remember to send us your suggestions for future shows or ask us questions by sending an email to techtalk at imi-us.com. Have a great week, and thanks again for listening.